Okay, before you get started, I have a suggestion. Go get a comfy, like one of those knitted blankets, pull it up to your chin, have a warm cup of water infused with lemon, honey, cinnamon, turmeric, cayenne. Yes, that's been my go-to every single morning over the past couple of weeks. I'll tell you why later, but I'm in the midst of something. Today, today is good. This is a warm woman that I am so blessed to know, Christina Wilcox. She's an author of a new book that I, I'm going to buy multiple of because it's that good that she was explaining everything. She's a mental health advocate that infuses her passion of digital illustration through the Enneagram. So she's an Enneagram expert and this book, Take Care of Your Type, an Enneagram Guide to Self-Care. It's available now in all major Barnes and Nobles bookstores, all the things. You have to go get it. And if you don't get it because you're not a reader, you have to go follow her on Instagram. You have to tune in to all the places that she is. She is such a sweetheart. I feel like I have like a new best friend that I just want to, again, cozy up on the couch with because she is so calm and gentle and her spirit is so awakening which is so interesting because she's a fellow three and fellow threes are usually like, blah, like me. Nope, don't feel that way. So tune in to Christina Wilcox. Do not forget, take care of your type and Enneagram guide to self-care. You've got to go get it. And in the process, text me, text me on your way. Don't text and drive. We know what that is, but 757-906-3734. If you want some immediate updates, you can text me podcast. I'm also giving away a Yeti mic this month because I know there's a lot of fellow podcast desirers out there, if not podcasters who need the Yeti mic. And so if you subscribe and review to this podcast, this show, screenshot it, put it on your stories, but really just those subscribe and review enters you to win a Yeti mic. And I think I'm going to pair it with a book. I've got to. Christina, I'm pairing it with a book. Okay. So Yeti mic and the book. Subscribe and review. Tune in. Enjoy. And just simmer in this understanding that you are fully known and fully loved just the way that you are. And you have an ability to grow and an ability to connect with others through your Instagram. Check it out. This is your God wink. The moment that heaven says for such a time as this, it's time to own your joy, prioritize your health, discover your wealth and exude your wholeness. It's time to become truly fit. However, this isn't a fitness podcast, though I'm a retired personal trainer and nutritionist. This isn't business jargon or tips and tricks to landing your successful passion project, though that's totally why I'm a business coach. This isn't a quick fix health detox ploy, though I'm all for therapy and I love whole foods. I do have a YOLO side sweet tooth though. This isn't confusing religious banter. Though I'm an ordained minister, still figuring out the many things and facets and faces of Jesus. It's really none of that. So I'm wondering, if you're wondering, what is this? Well, this is an opportunity to join me alongside other big dreamers, innovative movers, and lifestyle shakers as we explore and share our messy comeback stories and discoveries with each of you fellow passionate seekers. The Fit and Faith movement was birthed through my own trial and error discovery of mind, body, and soul alignment, and to be totally transparent, my own entrepreneurial crash and burn experiences. I've learned firsthand that being fit isn't about our physique at all, 
It's not about our qualifying abilities or titles. It's not about our potential. It's truly about our God-gifted passions meeting our purpose. You are one step away from achieving your idea, your dream, your calling, your purpose, whatever you want to call it. And I want to be there for the moment that you say yes in freedom, clarity, and confidence that you are living fully fit in who and whose you were made to be. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast with me, Tamara Andress. There is no better time than now to get fit. Welcome to the stage. Hi. One of these days, I'm going to have like a live show with couches and everyone will be applauding yeah, and we'll be back in awesome. person. <laughs> but for so now, cool. here we are. I am so grateful to have you here. It's going to be so fun to conversate. You guys have to get to know Christina and she's going to give us an opportunity to do that right now. So Christina Wilcox, she is going to, I'm going to give you a little bio, just a little intro. Okay. And- <laughs> yourself on all the other things. But one thing that I am super excited about and was originally drawn to her by was her digital illustrating ability. And uh, her her Instagram is incredible. So literally go follow her. I'm going to tell you what it is yet. You have to wait. Actually, it's it's already on the bio Insta information right now. But stay tuned to learn how she got started into this digital illustration, uh, specifically around Enneagram, which I know if any of my coaching clients are watching, they are obsessed with Enneagram too, because I talk about it all the time. I'm a three, so I'm not going to tell people what you are because I actually don't know, but I could guess. So Mm -hmm. Christina, let's go there. Tell us more about who you are and how you got started doing what you're doing. For sure. Well, first, your podcast intro made me feel really cool. So I'm really hyped up right now. I was like, wow, who is she on the screen? Why do I look so professional? So great job with that. That was amazing. Um, but yeah, my name's Christina. I got started in this whole um, social media space, honestly, by accident. I was in college for communications because I didn't really know what I wanted to do at all. I started doing social media for a church where I grew up and kind of got involved in that whole space through that experience. Um, and later down the road, I was in a job that was not great for my mental health, not great for my creativity. And I was super into the Enneagram at the time that all of that was happening. And so I just started posting random stuff on my personal Instagram for fun. And because I needed to get away from my current, the job that I used to have. Um, And within eight weeks, I went from 800 followers to 30,000. And from there, it just kept exploding. And here we are about two years later, and I'm a published author with Simon and Schuster and all this crazy stuff. So it really, I feel like I truly stumbled into all of it. Wow. <laughs> I just think that's so amazing. And truly, like, only God can get the glory in a situation oh, like yeah. that, which is Completely. why it's so <laughs> rad. And I literally tell my clients all the time, we talk about this because I talk about social media strategies in my coaching, or we're talking about how to, like, show up and, and do the thing and make the video and create the cool thing that everybody wants to like and follow and share and save and, you know, all the things. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, it's like Jesus is the algorithm like he's gonna happen and yes your content matters and sure what you say is important and your video curation is also needed but at the end of the day like that's how it happens is just this 
overnight or over a long season of life. And we need yeah. to know that like patience is a part of that process. And so you didn't have to have much patience. So you were in a, <laughs> in a job that you didn't want to be in. So there's patience when it comes to that. But you mm -hmm. didn't have any idea when you were putting that out there. And then eight weeks later, it was like, what's happening? Yeah, completely. So did you have a team? Did you hire a team? Did you just like keep going? No, I still don't have a team. It is still just me um, because I just published a book. I do have a team with um, Tiller Press right now that's helping me with like publicist stuff and marketing. And I now have a literary agent because my actual like true desire is to continue to be an author. That's what I've always wanted to do. Um, but as far as graphic design goes and like the handling of my Instagram and admin stuff and the business, I guess, that I have, it's just me. My dad is also an illustrator and sculptor and painter. And so sometimes if I can't get an illustration done, he'll help me. And like, it's so cute. He'll scan it at Office Depot to my computer. And then I go in with like Illustrator, Adobe and stuff. And do it with him. But other than that, it's just me and my husband helps me out sometimes too. <laughs> that is really cool. That's so neat. So I want to get into the meat of your book and the concept of Enneagram. Um, I am such an entrepreneurial mind. So I'm like, well, how can we grow this? What can we do? How can we serve? Like get it out to more people. <laughs> and I'm sure the book launch has been kind of a part of that. So it's like, I can get the book right now, right? Mm -hmm. It's okay, cool. available everywhere. Okay. <laughs> so tell us, tell us all about it. Yeah. So about a year, over a year ago now, um, I was approached with this idea for a new Enneagram book. Um, and it was supposed to be focused on self-care and how each Enneagram type can take care of themselves. And it was meant to be kind of like a gifty book, super practical. Um, and so I just kind of started doing some idea outlines um, with Simon and Schuster, but it kind of turned into this still very gifty practical concept, but I kind of put a little spin on it and kind of talked about how I believe self-care and taking care of yourself has a lot to do with internal healing mm -hmm. and less to do with going on walks and taking bubble baths. It's about kind of calling yourself out, accepting the stuff that's really hard, doing the things that are really hard that will ultimately benefit you in the end. And so there's like a good mix of humor and really light practical stuff in the book. But then I also really wanted to honestly make people cry a little bit with this book and feel called out and understood and really deep ways. And I feel like we accomplished that for sure. Wow. Wow. That's so good. I can't wait to get my hands on it. I think that's so Yay. neat. What's the name of it? Uh, take care of your type. I have yeah, it. There it is. So pretty. It's so cool. Thank so you, you did illustrations all through it as well. I did. I did the illustrations throughout it, but the cover, um, their own graphic design team did that with like my approval, of course, but they did an amazing nice. job. It yeah. is a pretty cover. It really sure. is pretty. The colors are amazing. It's very like warm and inviting. Mm -hmm. um, so sure. I am, I'm definitely one of those people that just likes to dive deep. Like I love yeah. surface conversation. I want to talk about the weather because I love the sunshine, but I want to know <laughs> like the heartbeat behind your research in Enneagram, how that really blossomed, what Enneagram you are, and then I'll, I'll be quiet and ask the thousands other questions running through my mind in a minute. <laughs> okay. 
sounds good. So I became interested in the Enneagram through a friend, actually. I, um, before I ended up in this whole space that I'm in now, I led worship for eight to 10 years at my home church in Texas. And there was a worship leader I worked with often who was super into the Enneagram. He was a four and noticed a lot of similarities between him and I. And so he was like, hey, can you take this um, test? And at the time I did get a four. I'm not a four for the spoilers, but I did get a four. Um, And I just was blown away by, I just dove straight into all the numbers because I was blown away by how this test wasn't just another personality test. It was about your motivations and why you do what you do. And I feel like with other personality tests and I've always been super interested in psychology and trauma and learning about the mind. And I'd never came like found a personality test that actually got to the root of someone's like core desires and fears. And so that blew my mind. And I, you could literally ask everyone that has known me growing up through that time period, like, even if you were a stranger on the street and we ended up in a conversation, I'd be like, here, take this test. And I was <laughs> a really annoying, cringy person that asked everybody I knew to take the Enneagram solely because I wanted to even almost study people in a way. It was yeah. so fascinating to me. And I, the funny thing is, is I used the Enneagram mainly for other people and kind of ignored myself throughout the process. um, Because I think I, I didn't think I wanted to accept the truth of my own number. And I just kind of kept putting it off because I was like, well, I'm fascinated about other people enough. And I'm learning about myself through that. That's enough. But um, it actually wasn't until I started posting about it and got even deeper into this whole world that um, it was because it was so fast. Um, it caused me to have to really dig deep into myself and understand my core desires. So I'm a three wing four. Um, oh, there you go. Yeah. So I am, but I'm a self-preservation subtype of three. So a part of my, how I want my image to be is very modest and humble and don't look at me, but I want your attention actually. <laughs> please keep staring at me, but don't look at me. So I, uh, That's awesome. I with the wing four too, it makes it a pretty complicated pairing. It does. But, um, I, yeah, I discovered throughout this whole journey, I basically, whoever I'm around, if I take the Enneagram test, I'll get a different number. And I've noticed that it's because I have a tendency to show up how people want me to show up. And that whenever I figured out I was a three and the three's ability to kind of be a chameleon and be completely adaptable and change their image and personality based on what other people want, I realized like, oh, I'm never really showing up as my authentic self ever. And that was such a huge call out. And then that made me go even further into it, which honestly, all of this even happened as I was writing the book, it really forced me to have to recognize all of these tendencies within myself. Yeah, that's so good. And so deep. And I feel the same. I'm not as familiar with like, (laughs) 
my wings, but I understand like all of the other numbers. And it's been really interesting to find relational similarities, to find relational differences and discrepancies. And my favorite part probably is understanding like who I am in my health zone. And so there's Mm. like the, is that one through 10 or one through nine of like how healthy you are operating within that specific number. And because I'm an achiever, naturally, I want it to be like, I want to be the best me. And I fall short. every day. I'm definitely Mm -hmm. not, I'm not at the top of my game. And I think it's been interesting to hear you say that chameleon component of who you are, because for two, three, almost three decades of my life. So till I was almost 30, I couldn't put words to that understanding that I felt like I was wearing a mask, but I wasn't Mm -hmm. intentionally wearing a mask. I wasn't trying to be fake, but I felt like I was never me. And I was just like living, you know, to be happy for other people or a shoulder for other people or Mm -hmm. empathetic for somebody or driven today. And I didn't mean it, but inside, internally, I felt this like constant wrestling of like, who am I? But I never took the time because I was achieving and success driven to actually process who am I? And so mm-hmm. it was in my crash and burn season of my life. I call it my quarter life crisis. I never want to have one again, um, <laughs> where God got a hold of me and he showed mm-hmm. me my identity through him, but really understanding it through the lens of Enneagram as well. And not just the written word, but unpacking it in therapy and then trying to reveal that to my husband. By the way, this is who I am. This is actually what I like and don't like. I don't love everything that you love, even though I've told you that I love everything that you love. Mm -hmm. And trying to process that as a couple, as a mom, as a friend, I actually lost a lot of friends during that season because Mm -hmm. I decided finally, like, I need to evaluate who I am and I need to show up for myself as me instead of showing up for you as who you want me to be. And that is a hard thing to do. Uh, It took me years. I'm still learning how to do it because I can definitely find seasons in my life where I'm not. But um, Enneagram specifically in my own self-reflection and then in my relational experiences, specifically with my husband, he's a seven, has been such an experience. And so if you take the Enneagram, you can then like dissect next, like how you correlate together and like how you can conversate with them and um, benefits of your relationship, but struggle points that you'll likely have. I at one point was having such a hard time with a family situation, a sibling, in fact, and I did not know how to relate. I did not know how to communicate. I didn't know what to do. And so I said, I need you to take this test (laughs) because I cannot figure you out. And ironically, she was a four. So it's funny that you said that. And and I since then have understood her in such a new way just from understanding her Enneagram. So I think it's fascinating. I also think it's fascinating that I didn't find out about this even process or test until I was in my 30s when Myers-Briggs and all these other tests were pushed and shoved in my face since I was young. So Mm -hmm. tell me more about like, how did the Enneagram, you know, compare to other tests? Have you even gone further into those tests? And obviously, I love that fear that that knowing of the root fear that it provides. Um, But yeah, tell tell us more about that. Yeah, so I uh, 
similarly in high school became really obsessed with the Myers-Briggs. Again, a friend of mine had me take it because we were both really similar, but also very different. And she just, I think for some school class had to take it and I was like, hey, you, you take it. And um, so I did, and I'm an INFJ on the Myers-Briggs and all of my friends were extroverts and I was the only introvert in the group. And so the fact that I could finally tell people like, this is why I disappear sometimes. It's not personal. Like I just need some space. I had never had that language before or understanding of introversion and extroversion. And it kind of sent me on this whole journey of um, this. I think I became so obsessed with self-discovery because I didn't know who I was similarly to you of I showed up differently in all these different spaces and I wanted some type of language to communicate how I was feeling and it wasn't until the Enneagram that I accurately found that and I feel like I through being able to find a safe space to figure those things out because I feel like as Christians, we often do neglect this kind of self-discovery part of life because I think there's a big difference between dying to self and connecting to self. Mm -hmm. I think we have to be connected to self in order to be connected to God. Like I think those things have to be connected because if we're not aware of ourselves, how can we be aware of our sin or aware of the Holy Spirit or aware of these other things? And I, well, I just finally feel like the Enneagram provided this safe space that was like, not even though some people do see it as very like new age and whatever else they want to call it. For me, it was the first time I felt like I can do this without it being sinful or without it being whatever. And I can find this language. And I feel like that's maybe the main difference I recognize is the Enneagram felt very, um, felt safe. Um, and it felt much more expansive rather than it trying to put me in a box. It was like, this is how you can step out of the box, you know? Yeah, and I so think good. with, Myers-Briggs or um, what is it like lion, otter, beaver, retriever, strength finders, all of those things are telling you like, this is who you are and this is what you do and this is your box. And the Enneagram is like, this is your box, but you actually will be your best self if you can get out of the box. So and good. so that similarly too, because I'm a three, I want to be my best self and I want to keep improving. That really kept me going with it for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I love that so much. And it's interesting because when I was in college, I remember not knowing like what I wanted to do either. And I went and they, my counselors put us through like this three series test. And we took all these different types of like job description tests and life value skills, all this stuff. And every single one had me as I was going to be like a business manager and mm-hmm. in the management. So I went into business management because I didn't know who I was. And so I just <laughs> followed the, the rules, the dotted line, the yellow brick road to get to where I thought I needed to be. And um, if I had had that test, then I feel like it would have helped me in so many ways. And Mm -hmm. so 
So for people to proclaim it as new age or trendy, it actually was established way before Myers-Briggs. And people didn't know that. I didn't know that until I started looking it up. I thought it was something new because I just heard about it. And lo and behold, it's been around for decades. When do you know offhand when it was established? Is it the 60s, the 50s or 60s? I think so. I actually put it in my book. So let me yeah. look really quick. <laughs> Something um, like that. It's, it's, I think even before that, it, it was. I know. I, I remember being amazed. Yeah. It's been around for a really long time because it has a lot of like monastic roots too of people who were seeking to get closer to God, but needing that very intentional private mentorship. Like people, how they originally used the Enneagram, you weren't even supposed to tell anyone your number or even know the number of someone else. It was supposed to be this very like mentor you God process and that's it. Obviously with Western culture, it's taken this whole you know, but I think getting to the heart of what it was meant for and what you even experienced it as, I think is so, so important. It's so interesting. And just to know that it's there as a resource. And my therapist actually did say, she's like, don't go around telling people what they are because one, you mm-hmm. might be completely wrong. And two, they that's a self-discovery process that needs to happen. And so like, again, me mentioning that I don't really know much about my wings or how that even operates. There's so much to learn about it. Um, and I really love, and I think as a Christian, there can be that component of, Am I supposed to analyze self or am I supposed to be spending my time in the word? And I love the way that you said it. It's not about like superseding God. It's actually about intimately knowing God based on the God within you, based Mm -hmm. on how he created us. So I love that freedom factor. And I think it's important. I believe there's... um, uh, your Enneagram coach is another yeah, Christian, a great job. Yeah, Christian woman who, who propels the Enneagram as well into our faith and understanding it. And so um, there are people that are doing it. There's actually been a couple of pastors who have preached entire sermons around how your Enneagram is related to a specific character in the Bible, which is really fun That's to follow. I think it's Levi Lusco, but don't quote me on that. And then another one, I just discovered this recently by um, a girlfriend's daughter. I'm her auntie. Love being an auntie. Um, there are songs about the Enneagram. And oh, yeah. Have you mm-hmm. listened to yours? I oh, believe yeah. that's it's how by... I found my number. Oh, no way. Did you listen mm-hmm. to all of them and then discover it? Well, I... I was listening to them as he was releasing them. So I was like waiting for the release date. I was like on the subscription thing that he did. So I was paying to hear them early because I was like, oh, I need to know. And I just remember because at the time when he was releasing stuff, I thought I was a four and the three number or no. How did he release them? He released them one to nine. And so when the three came out and I listened to it, I sobbed the yeah. whole song. I still do. It's one of the songs I turn it on and immediately I've never related to every single word so deeply, so much. And that's how because when the four song came out, I related to some aspects of it, but not like 
I yeah. related to the three at all. It is really cool. You guys have got to go listen to your song. I was in the middle of like a family dinner and she told me about it. I'm like, I've got to do this right now. This is yeah. sorry. You guys are, you need to go in there. I like went into the other room and I was just like listening and I'm like, you cannot believe how accurate this is. And honestly, the mm. fact that you were crying, it's really so um, transparent in the way that they wrote the words that you find this like mirror image experience mm. and you're for me, I was saddened by the character because there's a lot of parts of a three that we never actually fully reveal to the public. Mm. And so yeah. then to hear it in that context, like a song and like, oh my gosh, the world has access to knowing me. I mm. was very That's overwhelmed good. with emotion and in a good way. I shared my, my husband and, and Sandra's on here listening and she was saying like, shout out to the sevens. He is like, his song is so fun. His song is so like, this is awesome. Like, I just want to like link arms with him and go like frolic through a meadow because that's mm -hmm. truly the type of being that he is. And he exudes that everywhere he goes. And then he listened to mine and he was like, oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, no. yep, you live with me. You got to love me. You don't have a choice. So for just sure. really interesting. And so I'm, I'm excited for you that you're, this is out to the world. When did it come out officially? So the book came out December 15th. So it's okay. been out for over a month now. Amazing. Mm -hmm. How is it doing? How are you feeling? Yeah, it, it's doing really well. It honestly was the day of the book launch. It, any other fellow writers could maybe empathize with this. I didn't know that this was a universal experience until um, Annie F. Downs actually recently talked about this on her Instagram. And I was like, this happens to everyone. I'm so glad I wasn't crazy. But having something be in your mind and then a Google Doc and then this paper book and then a hardcover book, but still no one having access to it. and then of flip switches and everyone has it. I was in bed all day, just drained, terrified, exhausted, emotional. It was a very surreal experience. And I felt so guilty for that during the whole day. Cause I was like, I should be celebrating and excited. Everyone is sending me all these positive message messages. And I think with being a three, as I'm sure you can relate, there is a sense of imposter syndrome, of fear of being exposed, fear of actually being terrible at what you do and no one's telling you. And when it was this overwhelmingly good thing and I was receiving so much positive feedback, I, I didn't even know what to do because I was just expecting the worst in a way and preparing myself to like, how am I going to recover if people think I'm horrible? How am I going to spin this? How am I going to like, whatever. And when it, I didn't have to spin anything and it was just me and people were loving what I wrote and me not pretending to be anything else. I just was overwhelmed. And so I, that alone, even if the book didn't do well and it, was just that type of experience. I'm forever grateful for it because it really um, grew me a lot. That whole day just really made me feel so thankful. And it was such a mark of growth, I think, in my relationship with Christ and 
in my relationship with myself as with myself as well. And yeah, it's been doing really good. It's been very emotional. Um, but yeah, it's, it's crazy. I have wanted to be, um, a writer since I was six. So it was very surreal. (laughs) So, so cool. We actually have people on right now that are live listening who are in the process of either writing a book, releasing their first book or our author. So I know they're resonating with this message and and me Mm -hmm. as well. I actually just wrote one chapter in a co-authored book that released last May, and it was the first time that I ever shared this part of my healing journey and my Mm. story, and just one chapter, and I felt like someone just ripped my gut out of me when (laughs) the the book came out. I was like, I didn't want to tell anyone about it. I'm like, this is not happening, but I knew that it was the right thing to do. I knew God wouldn't have opened that door because it was such a, one of those scenarios that you're like I couldn't have I couldn't have put this together myself. I know I have to write it and I knew that I needed to release it and it was like the first step towards what my greater book is is planned to be. Um but it is it definitely is fear fear based. Like there's a fear based component of oh, yeah. Not it's not about success in that regard, but it's about that people pleasing. What will they think? Um, Mm -hmm. This is literally going to ruin me was my thought pattern. (laughs) And it actually just made me that much more relatable to people because there was a Mm -hmm. hidden part of all of us, I think, that we never find the freedom to share. It's one of the reasons I started this podcast. It's one of the reasons that I do what I do on a consistent basis, because I want people to know that there is real raw things happening every single moment of every mm-hmm. single day and and has in the history of mankind. And it's just a matter of us continuing to activate towards that always becoming piece of who we are and who God intended us to be. Okay, okay. You know my feelings over commercials, but this is too good of timing to pass up the chance to tell you about this incredible opportunity that I have cultivated with you directly in mind. You, the passionate kingdom entrepreneur. Stop running the race on a treadmill to nowhere. Stop the analysis paralysis and the overwhelm and honestly, the isolation of business building. You know I am all for women supporting women and the concept of community, but this newly developed program takes that concept to an entirely new level. I am giving you an all access pass to my team of experts and strategists in order for you to develop your own business to the fullest extent. I've taken my business with these incredible people from an idea to five figure months in less than two years. And I want to provide you the keys to this freedom and centered joy. This is a coaching program with direct conversations with real people in real time. Ask the confusing hard questions that have you lingering in rabbit holes. Get the direct insight you need to design the dream into a fully operating abundant business. Y'all, listen to this A-team, okay? There is a branding and content strategist, a mindset and financial success coach, a biblical foundations teacher, a marketing funnels and ads expert, and of course, yours truly, your Christian business coach. If you are ready to truly invest in yourself, in your God dream, and the people that God is calling you to, this is the only place to start that gives you a full lens development strategy that you can lean into as a trusted, knowing source on a firm foundation. Y'all, I am uber passionate to see you flourish and illuminated within your purpose. 
You can enroll now by heading over to the one-on-one coaching tab at tamraandress.com. Remember, I have the simple version of Tamara, T-A-M-R-A. I don't know if you know that story, but it's from The Price is Right about a week before I was born. So thanks, mom. (laughs) Anyway, book your call and simply email me coaching at tamaraandress.com. Either way, I cannot wait to see you activated. And this is going to be an incredible opportunity and a beautiful season to see you design the God dream that God has planted in you since your mother's womb. It's going to be fun, y'all. I can't wait to connect. Let's get started. I'm excited that you have this book. I'm excited that you have this resource of connectivity in a community um, far beyond what you could have asked for or imagined. Yeah. Tell me, like, what's the next step? What does the vision look like? Is worship something that you're still, like, ingrained in? How are you mm. activating? Yeah, I... So the next steps are... I'm actually working towards quite a few different things right now, which is exciting. I'm actually also working um, towards releasing a podcast, which is exciting. The podcast will be um, more about, it will have Enneagram components to it, but I am very passionate about church hurt and trauma within the church and mental health advocacy within Christianity. And so the vision for the podcast I'm working on is to invite experts who are believers, but also experts who aren't to just become educated and things that we've been lacking in within the church and creating an open space where people feel like, Hey, I was hurt by the church, but I still love Jesus. And I still want to be a part of the church, but I don't know how I kind of want to create, I feel like there's a really big gap there. And I've been in that gap for the past two and a half, three years. And I just want to create a conversation about it Mm -hmm. as I've come on the other side of that experience. And I want to know that other people can come to the other side too. Um, So that's something I'm working on. Um, I am working on a few different book ideas. Nothing is solidified yet. But as I said, that's my main drive and goal in my life is to be an author. Um, And so now that I have that opportunity, I'm trying to pursue it full force. Um, other than that, I am doing a few different workshops with some churches and training in um, how to work well with your coworkers by using the Enneagram. Um, and that's something I'm also very passionate about is going in and actually problem solving with the Enneagram and seeing people have that breakthrough recognition moment like you had with your sibling of like, now I get you. I not completely, but I get a little bit more <laughs> exactly where we can work on this and be yeah. better. And so, yeah, that's kind of everything I have um, going on with worship leading. I still worship lead whenever I can. I yeah. love music. Well, forever love music. Um, that's really cool. Do you I ever have, see yourself like doing your own Enneagram songs? No, I, I don't know. I, Sleeping at last did such a good job. And yeah. I feel like it's such a, I just would never want to yeah. write something worse. You yeah. know, like, yeah, I, I don't so know good. how to put it. He just <laughs> did it. And it's such a perfect singular thing. I have thought about maybe doing like a series where I sang them all. Yeah. Um, uh, but I don't think I could ever 
Sleeping at Last was on a different songwriting level than I am. They did did a really good job. I think Mm -hmm. it would be really cool to like look at it through the lens of the father. And like, that's like the Mm -hmm. lens of the Enneagram, but like to have it through the lens of like how and why, and like, what Mm. more is there beyond just what we see? And that really would take that faith experience to another level. Yeah, that's true. Maybe. That could be worship, right? Like that can be worship is, is like, let me worship you for the creation of how you made me through your lens as the creator. And Mm -hmm. it would just, I don't know. I think it would be really neat. My brains are spinning. Like I said, I love uh, anything entrepreneurial, but I wanted to go back quickly because we have a little bit more time and um, you had in your bio and you just mentioned it again, that you're a mental health advocate. And um, I don't necessarily proclaim that, but it is something I am very, very, very passionate about um, because of my own mental health, depression, anxiety, suicidal, um, and wanting so desperately to let people know that there is such a freedom factor on the other side of that, but that there Mm -hmm. is a process of persistence that has to take place. And it's not, even though Jesus is miraculous and his ability and his spirit can come in a wave and it has in my life, there's still triggers and there are still components Mm -hmm. of like, becoming that have to take place for me to evolve. And so I'm curious, like, what do you have your own mental health journey in that? And how are you activating to continue to evolve yourself? Yeah, for sure. Um, First off, thank you for even sharing your experience, even though like, I feel like anyone who's passionate about mental health, it's easy to talk about it. But at the same time, later, when you're like, why do I feel weird? Why do I have all these weird body sensations and whatever? It's still very difficult to talk about. So I appreciate you even sharing that snippet. Um, but for me, I have, there's not a moment in my life where I have not been struggling with mental illness. From as early as six years old, I started having severe panic attacks. Um, I was incredibly socially anxious to the point where I would make myself sick before going to any sort of event. Um, Loud noises would trigger vomiting for me. Like I just had a very tough experience in childhood, experienced constant intrusive thoughts, later actually not being diagnosed until this past year, 2020 with OCD. Um, And I've struggled with OCD my entire life. And OCD has caused really wreaked havoc on my life, wreaked um, havoc, created anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, suicidal ideation, because of this thing that I didn't know was a thing for me. Because I think when you typically think of OCD, it's not um, what it actually is. And I obviously never felt very represented within the church. And whenever I would finally open up with someone about the things I was dealing with. It was always, you need to have more faith. You need to get in the word. You need to pray more. Usually these things are the result of sin in your life. And you need to go to Jesus and figure out what sin is going on. And ironically, my OCD, my main obsessions have to do with religion and being correct. And I, my obsessions had a lot to do with fearing I was too sinful going to hell and that's where my compulsions would come in as well so the fact that I was also being fed this direct narrative that was fueling what my OCD was having me believe um, I just got to a point where 
I couldn't function anymore. And thankfully through salvation, I realized my identity apart from my mental illness, but there was still this constant uphill struggle um, to where at one point I even experienced a very traumatic event with someone I trusted within the church that started this whole other journey of yeah. healing from church hurt and yeah. feeling betrayed by the church. And so I have kind of been in that space for about three years now of after being a mental health advocate, what does it look like to be a theologically sound, scientifically based mental health advocate and marrying those two and not only making people with anxiety and depression and suicide ideation represented, but people with BPD, OCD, ADHD, PTSD, all of the things that we as Christians, I think have a very dated view of. And I really started to notice that it was kind of a systemic problem, not just a, this is the church I went to and they just don't understand. And some churches do it really well, but there is kind of this systemic problem that I, I would say it's my biggest calling I feel yeah. in my life to do everything and I, I can to relieve that gap. Yeah, that's really incredible and so noble and and also a very hard call. And I think that it's <laughs> it's, um, it's one thing that I do know that you will find a lot of like partnership within. Um, mm -hmm. Have you heard of Trevor Talks before his podcast? I to connect with him, he as well as a mental health advocate, and um, he talks out about mental health and in his faith, and just a, a amazing man of God, and um, has a really cool story for for advocating for people. He's been on the podcast previously, but I think the part that I hear a lot. And it's not just in your story, but I'm hearing right now. And it's kind of like bringing that back because um, church hurt is something that's palpable and, and people mm. so like eagerly hold on to it. And I think it's because it feels like it's supposed to be the place that's safe. Yeah. But ultimately, church, Little C Church, is ran by imperfect humans. Mm -hmm. And it is the church, the capital C church that God is calling us to, that Jesus mm -hmm. is asking us to be invested in and to witness and to partner with him in. And that church doesn't always mean that it's in a building with a steeple. And, and we as a community, we've established something that people were coming into my home for multiple years and we were just like communing, breaking bread together, like having conversations, letting people cry and be a sobbing mess or letting them be completely free in their worship or letting them sleep on the couch because their kids are running around. Like it was just this place where um, you were allowed to be free and you were allowed to ask questions. And I think that's mm -hmm. a big part of what you probably didn't experience is you're like, you're, I'm, I'm having all of these emotions. This is all happening to me. And instead of asking questions, they were just pointing and telling and pointing and telling. Mm -hmm. And in that process, it breaks the spirit of, of God, like out of the church completely, because humans are trying to hold captive what they think is right. They're trying to hold biblical scripture in their hand as if they wrote it. And mm. that's just simply not the case. And so it's the knowing that in church, 
out of church, doesn't matter where you are. It's that self-representation, that self-identity, that self-exploration that goes back to the Enneagram that allows you to have this intimate relationship with God for him to keep you in your salvation, for him to like have this relationship with you and then to press deeper into you and say, no, Christina, it's not just this. I'm going to break you free of that, but I'm also going to call you out to do it for others and be that voice and be that representation of who I am and who I've called you to be. So kudos. I will be cheering you on. I will share your podcast when it comes out. I cannot wait to hear the depth of it. Um, I just, I, I partner with you in that. And I think I always talk about ministry mindset and I feel like a lot of people are hindered, especially women, especially um, Mm -hmm. women in the marketplace who have these passions and they cannot activate because they've been told that they're supposed to do it for free or they're supposed Mm -hmm. to only do it as a servant leader in the church. And then they're broke and they're complaining about finances and they can't feed their children. And if you go to Proverbs 31 and you research what that woman is doing, she is working and she is harvesting and she is putting the clothes on the on their backs and she's feeding them as well but she's also an entrepreneur yeah and god mm-hmm. provided exceedingly and abundantly more based on her activation and i believe that more is is in finances it is in the fruits of the spirit and there's so much more to wealth than money but y'all we are rightfully desired we are rightfully placed he is already before us in the marketplace we have to show up there because mm-hmm. the secular world has taken it. Mm-hmm. So That's I so good. I just and I'm sure as you're stepping into this season, like there is a component of entrepreneurship in everything mm-hmm. that you're doing. And so it's that recognition that like you you have to keep pressing in and you're called to press in and he is with you and beside you and before you. Yeah, totally. I think that's the biggest thing is I've been on this healing journey. And as I've been on this journey of things happening that I had no idea would ever happen to me, opportunities I had never imagined for myself, the biggest work we can do. And I think the biggest thing that God calls us to do is to keep showing up. Yeah. And it's in that, that sounds very cliche, because I feel like showing up has become such a taboo thing to say. But I really think for me, currently, I'm also doing a church residency program in Colorado. And on Sundays, we have to arrive at 6 a.m. and set up church. And it was there. It still is not just because of how early it is in the morning, but because I, with active grieving church hurt, showing Mm. up for the church in that way is difficult. And that's the last thing any of us ever would want to do. But it is through that work of, you know what, I don't know how I can love the church right now, but I have to show up. And I don't know how I can create another Enneagram graphic. I I don't know how to, what I'm (laughs) even going to say anymore. I just have to keep showing up. And I think sometimes too, there's this level of I showing up just isn't doing the thing and going out and being productive and having this drive. I think too, what I talk a lot and about in this book that I wrote is 
you have to keep showing up for yourself and for your relationship with God. And you have to do that in whatever I could never and you could never tell anyone what that is. Like only you know how you need to show up. Mm -hmm. And I think that what you said is so true of just like, I, I remember reading Proverbs 31 and realizing this woman was like really awesome. Yeah. Because all you hear is charm is deceptive and yes. fleeting. Yeah. And it's all about this crafted image that the church and the world has of women and actually going into it and being like, no, she's investing her money and she's yep. showing up for her family and doing the thing, showing up in the marketplace. And I just feel like that actual heart of God for women in ministry and in the church is so exemplified through that. Like that call to show up applies to us and we have to keep going for it for sure. Oh, I love you. I love you so much. <laughs> this is so good. Love you too. We could just keep talking and going. I I have to encourage you to go to Christina's website, get her book. It's incredible. Christina Wilcox, W-I-L-C-O-X.com. Her book is there. She also said it's everywhere. So if it's everywhere, it's everywhere. Go to Target. Yeah. I don't know about Target, but Barnes okay, and Noble Barnes and, Noble. and other places like right. that. Sure. Is off the That's okay. Let's let's support <laughs> Barnes and Noble local bookstores, y'all. Uh, Christine, it's been such a pleasure, and I am honored to have you here. Is there any last words or of encouragement or ideas that you want to leave the audience with? I don't know. <laughs> um, I think. Um, thank you so much for having me on and thank you to everyone who is listening and will listen. Um, I think just if I could say anything to you is that you're loved and you're cherished and you matter. Hey y'all, it's me again. I hope in today's episode, you sense and ignite to an ember within you, something mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually moving that creates and sustains a fire within your journey. Before you go, let's solidify the flame. I'd love for you to take a step right now in declaring your takeaway. By snapping a pic of the episode you tuned into, share your sparked moment and tag me at fitandfaith underscore podcast or me personally at tamra.andress on Insta. I hope that I can keep you accountable and also share you with the greater community of the Fit and Faith podcast listeners. We're totally in this together. Community over competition is the motto, right? I'd also be incredibly grateful if you took an extra second to leave a review on iTunes or your podcast listening app. I'd love to feature your thought in the next episode and give you and your passion project a big shout out. You know I'm a writer, so I love words and I can't wait to read what you have to say. I'm ready to fuel the flame with you together. And until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. Tune in next time. If you're hearing this right now, you're probably like, who the heck is this and why are they playing during my favorite podcast? And I get it. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I do want to introduce myself. My name is Trevor Tyson, and I'm the host of Trevor Talks, where we talk to real people about real topics and real stories. I just want to invite you, if you love podcasts, if you love music, if you love books and love hearing from the people who create it, come check us out at Trevor Talks. Simply go to Google or Life Audio, type in Trevor Talks, and it'll pop on up. Hope you have a great day.